How are we? I'm sorry to keep you waiting. <laughs> That's all right. It's <laughs> worth the wait. Uh, well, you know, it remains to be seen. I think, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's been yeah. I'm I'm bad when it comes to come you know organizing and and setting up schedules and stuff sort of like that. You know, I always we just we started talking about pissing territories and stuff like that with the <laughs> which was interesting, but uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. We'll get there sooner or later. But here we are anyway. We made it. Mr. VV himself, how are we? (laughs) Welcome to to the Everblack podcast. My name's Luke. So doing well today? Great. Great to see you and hear you, Luke. And uh, isn't it Australia Day tomorrow? It is. uh, It's the day off. So are you going out tonight? Uh, not tonight, no. I'm. I do photography for the podcast here, so tomorrow night I have a gig. So I'm going to be laying off the sauce oh, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. should be. Should as be as good. you know, there's no. Way, yeah, as you know, there's no way of going out without the sauce. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. And where yeah. where about? I mean, I'm in Helsinki. I'm back home. Oh, you're so back home. Had, yeah, we're like yeah, in like winter wonderland. It's uh, it's been like minus twenty, and I've heard there's plus. It was like. 40 there yesterday in some some areas in sydney i think and uh and uh so it's quite the difference i can't wait to fly over it's about seven weeks to go or so forth and and yep. uh to get a little bit of sunshine amongst all this gloominess yeah that's it that's it so coming back down under march must be excited it's it's fantastic it's been i think it's been a decade since we've been there the last time with with my previous band him we did the sound wave back then so and yes. some couple of the shows. so it, it's been a it's been a long time coming and i'm super happy that that i was able to you know so like uh uh uh, convince the booking agents that we really really need to fly over Uh, you know pro you know world tour doesn't feel like a world tour if you're not playing australia so uh, yeah indeed no it's awesome it's going to be good to have you back um the, the tour is obviously doing quite a few shows what what can we expect from from the show without not giving too much away plenty plenty of music from neon noir i'm sure Oh, uh, we're doing. It's been, yeah. You know, I know that there's a, quite a few people who possibly know me from from the previous band, him. I know those tracks, so I I didn't want to be so self centered and egocentric that I would think that that uh, people just know the new stuff. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to make the set a combo of both. It's fifty fifty. It's like zigzagging between the uh, past and the present, and it works great that way because the neon noir stuff musically and vibe. Wise, it's not too far off from the hymn stuff anyway. I wrote most of the hymn songs and I sang all of them. So, so uh, for obvious reasons, there are similarities. And, uh, and musically speaking, it works really nice in tandem, the, the old and the new. So, so um, yeah, it'll be an be a hour and a half of, uh, of some good sort of like semi-gloomy golden oldies. <laughs> Nostalgia indeed, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it'll be... I'm sure it'd be great. I'm I'm just super happy. We've played already about 120 gigs last year. Wow. So where the, the the machine has been oiled and uh and uh we're doing great. The band's great and and it's also nice to play with two guitar players because there's a chance to chance to do stuff with the old hymn songs we weren't able to do live before with him because we only had one guitar player. So so yeah, now, now we're able to sort of, Yeah, it's not now we're able, able to sort of arrange some of the songs to sound closer to the hymn albums than they ever did live with with him, so um, 
So that's that's nice, and it keeps it fresh for me too, as opposed to you know doing the same old same old. Yeah, definitely, and and sort of that's that's the the main difference. There's not really much difference co comparing touring now to to what it was like back then with him. Well, I think the biggest difference for me is the fact that I enjoy it. You know, back in the day with him, I, I've it took me a long, long time to start to enjoy bits and bobs of it. I always felt that you know playing a gig is a bit of a compromise. You know, it, it, uh, a lot of times I, I have tinnitus and my hearing is well, my hearing is fine, but my ears are ringing and and. Uh, easily my eardrums start distorting quite easily so so always the the loud noises the in-ears or the monitor wedges and and the fact that you're traveling all the time and you don't, you're not sleeping proper it always felt that uh, i can't give it my best but uh i think the best solution was to you know uh, give up the solutions and and stop drinking and smoking cigarettes and all of a sudden stuff is way easier yeah right <laughs> so so you're off off all that at the moment yeah, I've been for many, many a year. I was, I was a bit of a sort of like Jim Morrison wannabe when I was younger. So I've seen the the more debauched side of rock and roll um, quite a bit. And I used to smoke like four packs of Marlboro Lights a day. So I've smoked enough for a couple of lifetimes at least. So um, And being asthmatic, it doesn't help it doesn't either. Help. So <laughs> no, not really. So, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm enjoying touring and it's been great after... After the pandemic, to see people sort of like reinvigorated and getting back into the groove, and and uh, both musicians and the audiences, it's just been it's been amazing to witness. Yeah, exactly. It's good good to have everything back in full force. And I mean, at the moment, Australia is just getting pumped with everyone. It's it's really really good. Um, and, and we we can't have you here. I'm, I'm excited to see the the Brisbane shows. So I'll definitely be there. Um, hopefully up front shooting that one. So that'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, your first mm. solo album, obviously Neon Noir. It's been out for about a year now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it came out on January thirteenth. It was a Friday, and uh, that's how I remember it. And uh, so it's been a bit over a year already. Yeah, awesome. It's trend trending really well. Obviously, um, I I think it's a great album. I've been listening to it for a while now, and it's just mm -hmm. it it seems like it was such a fun album to make. Like I I get the vibe listening to it. You had a good time doing it. Like I I just got that listening to it um yeah, can you elaborate yeah. a bit like yeah it, well it's, it was an odd album to make since i ended up playing all the instruments and everything by myself because i was locked away in my own home during the pandemic and and uh so i played and recorded the whole thing i was going completely bonkers and i think maybe that's what you can hear from me it sounds quite free and uh it's all like unrestricted and that was the fun part and that's maybe that it is a bit of a roller coaster right the the army has it it's quite dynamic there are lighter songs and darker songs and slower ones, a bit more Sabbathy ones and a bit more and, and songs that sound the, like The Cure a bit more or and everything in between. So uh, in that sense, it was a fun album to make, but I wouldn't call the pandemic a fun time to make it. Album. No, definitely it's, not. <laughs> it, it was quite stressful, but uh, but that the album was the thing that kept me going and gave me a reason to wake up each and every morning. And um, I'm happy for that. And then it's great that, uh, that we uh, I was able to actually get the whole thing finished. You know, it, it took a quite a while, but um, but um, here we are, and, and the music still seems to resonate with some people, and and uh, and that's all you can hope for. That's quite special, you know, to be to be able to write a song, you know, strum a guitar in your underwear here back home, you know, when it, when it's minus twenty and snowing outside, and and for whatever reason, a couple of years afterwards, you know, the the full production will somehow 
tickle someone's fancy over yonder in Australia, for example. It's uh, quite a special thing how music travels. Yeah. And uh, what, it mean, what it can mean to different people. I know, I know it because I'm a fan of music and, and uh, yeah. No, it's been it's been well well received over here. That's for sure. I mean, you're you're an extremely talented uh, musician, songwriter. So, I mean, what, did you draw certain inspirations to write the album, or? Um, it was more about maybe trying to, at least musically, figure out who I was because after him disbanded in 2017, um, I really wasn't sure because I'd only been in the band, so I never I never really knew how it would be to have a life without a band and also that if I still have it in me to write a song or write two songs or or uh, sing or anything like that it was uh, I felt like I was uh, I was on a thin ice and uh, and it took me a while to get my you know get my bearings and uh, and to find not not to find inspiration but maybe to have a you know find the self-confidence to to say to myself that that you should at least work on it you don't have to release it you know, which is important. A lot of times, at least in my case, I, I tend to procrastinate. You know, I tend to think about things, and then all of a sudden, I realize that a year has gone, and I've just been on this continuous loop. And uh, and uh, and I found out that's the biggest thing I learned is that whenever you don't have any ideas, pick up a guitar, because that usually leads you. Uh, you know, doing leads you to 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 at least in creative arts, it leads you somewhere always. Even if it doesn't work, you know, it's the same as, you know, not all songs you write can be good. So it's very important to write the shit ones, the bad ones, sorry. Part of my French. It's very important because you, you have to, those need to be gotten out of the way to be able to create the good ones. And, uh, and so, so in that sense, creative work, uh, whatever the re end result might be, is always positive. It's always a good thing to do as opposed to just thinking about it or or skipping it altogether. So yeah. so I was trying to maybe maybe yeah, I was trying to find myself if if I if I still have anything to say, musically speaking, and uh, uh, if I feel confident and if I feel um, excited about the music. So it took a while for me to for me to sort of like get it all together and 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 but it was more simple than I thought it would be. And that's usually always the answer. Like pick up the guitar and go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the joy of music, the power of music. It's just yeah. and, and getting it out there and, and expressing yeah. exactly how you feel. It's it's just the best way to do it. And ho hopefully, we get some more albums in the future from you there as well. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I I just wanted to. I watched I watched an interview some time ago. I heard you say a, a comment. It was that. Um, you say that happy music makes you sad and sad music makes you happy. Any chance of elaborating on that? <laughs> well, you know, for me, I'm a sort of like, a, I'm a sucker for drama and uh, I like emotional music. And to me, best music is always being wistful, melancholy, heartfelt, sort of brokenhearted, uh, uh, tales of uh, misspent youth and, and, uh, and uh, love gone wrong. So, um, that's the stuff that really feels like something, and it's, it feels stuff. a lot of times feels powerful and very cathartic. Uh, while at it, I'm a you know I grew up with Black Sabbath, and to me, to me a lot of times the happy go lucky sort of let's eat our ice cream and you know make a lot of money sort of pop music. It just 
doesn't do anything for me. That's not a world I'm interested in, in any sort of form or fashion. It's just ism. So, um, so um, you know, that's that's the McDonald's of music. There's nothing wrong with having McDonald's, but uh, <laughs> it's not something you know. It's not a. It's an. It's not a macaron you can do every day. You know? <laughs> I like the analogy. Food. I do. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, I mean, for you as well. Like, how, how does it make you feel on a personal level that your music is connected with so many people that even they've gone and branded the symbol on them to represent and show their love for you? Um, you know, the, the hardogram, like, did you think it'd be that big when you, when no, you no, no, designed? no, 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 I, I was hoping, you know, I've always been, you know, I grew up also, I'm sure my age, you know, grown up listening to Led Zeppelin, they had the, the sort of like occult symbols they were using. And then, then the eighties metal, like I made him with their Eddie and, and all that stuff is such an important part. The iconography of metal and rock music. And the visuals were always such an important part of of the whole thing. It's not just about the song; it's about the world you create. It's like J.R.R. Tolkien sort of thing. And um, I always wanted to be an orc, so um, so uh, uh, I was uh, I was sort of designing a bit around that. And and uh, it was on the day I turned twenty, I think. I was just noodling around, and I came up with the idea of the heart. Uh, coming together with a pentagram and for me it made perfect sense because it was the yin and yang i love in music and in life in general and uh it just made all the sense to me in the world afterwards the way it's traveled has been wild it's nowadays some hip-hop artists are using it in the states and it will because it went from from him to bam margera for a while in the states and through the skater community there and then it found its way to through so, so many different niches and and uh, little sort of collectives, uh, it's been it's been quite wild. All in all, same with music. It's something that I can still never fathom. Really, how how uh, uh, because it's funny because I know as a fan I know how much a song can mean, you know. Uh, and uh, it's just funny that um, uh, it feels very surreal for me to think that somebody might might feel the same about a song I wrote. You know, I always feel a bit of a, like an outsider and a bit of a voyeur. So, so uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's very David Lynchian experience. You know, the whole thing, it feels very unreal, but I, I, I guess that that's the cool thing about it because it's not, it's not very premeditated and it's not very, it's not like a, a conscious business decision or, or so forth. It's just happened very organically throughout the years. And, and, uh, and I guess that that makes it very special, not only to me, but for, for some people as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, you're an original and, and being an original doesn't come easy and you and your style has certainly paid off. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, it, it is. Yeah, it is wild and wonderful. And I'm glad, glad that I'm glad to have lived this life so far. Yeah, it's good to hear. And for you, when did you start getting into music or know that that's exactly what you wanted to do? Was it quite young? Or? Uh, yeah, well, I was... My parents are not musical, but they will listen to quite a bit of music. But uh, I think I was eight or nine. I started playing electric bass, and that was most likely because I was, I was the first band I ever got into was Kiss, and I thought that Gene Simmons was the coolest with his sort of like monstrous personality and with the yep. blood and the and all that stuff. And and I really got into that. And later on, I fell in love with Iron Maiden and Steve Harris and his playing. And and uh, so music has been there at a very early on i also played drums 
uh, some local punk bands and stuff when when I was younger, and uh, and uh, I was sort of a bass player for hire for some local indie acts when I was about fourteen or fifteen. I remember, my first wage was three pints of beer and thirty marks, <laughs> which would be like twenty dollars. So uh, so uh, I started quite early, and it's always been there. I, I think that. Music is it sort of feels like a, the filter between me and the world. It's like um or like a safety blanket. It feels that I'm I'm a, I'm lost or at loss when when music is not there. It's it's like a crutch and it's a, a constant companion and uh, it's yeah it's a, it's a, such a big part of my life. I I don't know what how we, I can't even start to imagine a life without it all. So it's it's been there from a very early age and and bit by bit I found my way into in the sort of racket I'm doing now. But it, it took took a sweet while, as it usually does. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's it's a way of life, and I, I definitely couldn't do without it, that's for sure. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of people would feel the same, definitely. Um, I, I tend to ask uh, everybody this question. It's it's always a, a fun one for me, but I, I have a rough idea where it's going to go. But if you, if you could collab with anyone to write a, a song, alive or not, who, who would you pick? You mean especially to write or perform. perform a song? Or let's let's go, yeah, write and perform a song. So if you were to bring a song mm. out with anyone, anyone you could pick. Oh my, oh my, oh my! A lot, a lot of times, I think it's very important the distance between an artist. So if I really, really love an artist, it doesn't mean that I ever want to see them or meet them or shake hands with them because that would destroy some of the magic. You know, it's um. um <clears throat> But if there would be, let's say, if I, if I could be a part of a duet with Debbie Harry, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's one of those, like, bludgeon life characters with such a, her voice really speaks to me. It really makes something resonate in my body and in my mind that that not a lot of people do, you know. So so, writing writing wise, it's also it's um. I don't really like it, but let's say it'd be it'd be great to be a fly on, on the wall when Tony Iommi is writing his riffs, but I wouldn't want him to know that I was there. Maybe swatting me away or something. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it, it's more about, once again, maybe <clears throat> the outsider look, you know, from the outside into the inside, yeah. as, opposed to, as, as opposed to actually, I'm also, songwriting-wise, I've always been very egocentric, and I think that I know what's best. So uh, collaboration is quite hard, um, you know, sitting down with somebody and trying to really get into the same mood and trying to say the same thing, but with different words and, and bring two, ho- you, hopefully, and at their best, a distinctive personalities together, you know. So, um, but that's a, that's, a, that's a new thing probably for the future or hopefully, or maybe one day, you know, that's a, it's an experience I can go through. But it'd be, it'd be interesting to go with some of the little grand dames of of pop music, uh, Annie Lennox, she's great. Yep, yep. And and I, I you know, you uh, the important thing is always to work with people who are better than you. So that's 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 really important. And uh, yeah, just kind of push you that bit mm-hmm. further. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I have a percussive jam with Loris. That'd be great. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it's a there's a there's a lot of great musicians. There's a lot of great talent and. Uh, but a lot of times I put people on pedestal, you know, people I really enjoy, and I, I really don't want them to be anywhere else. You know, it's, uh, I do understand that they're, they're people too, but, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're working their way in my imagination. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's been it good. Yeah, awesome. Well, again, thanks, thanks for joining us today. Um, I mean, it's it's Thank been you. a pleasure talking to you. Um, we're the Everblack Podcast again. It's been amazing having you. Um, we'll have all the links to the the tour coming up in March. We really hope I to hope see so. you there. I hope to see you at the gig and bring your camera with you. And, I'll and, be uh, there at the front. You can uh, just give us a little wave or something. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make I'm it special. <laughs> well, we can do the Johnny Cash, you know, flipping off. Perfect. That's I, I do enjoy that. But, so that makes for a good yeah, photo. So, so. so it's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I, I get it from other people, but you, I know it's not personal. Indeed. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, so Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, we'd time. love to have you. We'll talk to you again soon. Catch you in a week. Yes, mate. Bye. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.